Welcome to Any Music Podcast, episode 314, online versus one-on-one lessons and learning to learn. Any Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast, and we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and discuss our experiences with online learning courses, taking one-on-one lessons, and learning techniques. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Good morning, Doug. Hey, there you are. Good morning. You know, I can't, I can't start the video until it uh, makes me agree that I'm being recorded. So <laughs> I, I have to agree to myself sight unseen. <laughs> is that, is, I wonder if that's a preference. I'll mm. look. It's but, not my preference. I'll tell you that. Not this moment. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll double check and see. That's funny. <laughs> There's other ways to see how I look on camera. <laughs> All right, man. You look fantastic on camera. Oh, thank you. You look fantastic, too. I like your jacket. <laughs> oh, thanks. I've had this for a very long time. So you're, you're beanie-less. I guess that means that spring is springing in your area? Yeah, it was least... snowing last night, and then it's a beautiful sunny morning this morning. So, <laughs> All right. It's snowing here, but it's snowing pollen. We're in that uh, kind of bipolar uh, mm. uh, phase of uh, spring, not spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, pollen's the only thing that's snowing here right now. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, what, tree pollen? Tree pollen, it's killing me. <laughs> and don't you have, like, big trees all over the top, above your studio and everything? And Trees yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it's the pines that'll get you. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on <laughs> a couple of different things to help with that, so I don't, you know, <laughs> feel like checking out. Anyway... Glad it's the weekend. How about you? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It was uh, um, just moving slow this morning. You know, um, <laughs> topic ideas weren't really coming. Um, what do you, what's your topic process like? Well, you know? my topic process it, it's it's a little harder now because uh, it's it's enough for me to try to come up with a topic for. Uh, the DIY music chat every week. Although I've been a little bit better about doing that now four weeks at a time. Although I, I changed it up this week. Um, and sometimes I reuse that topic idea if I think it's good food for thought for us, but usually it's just whatever I'm happen to be, you know, wrestling with or dwelling on or whatever's on my mind or occasionally something that's timely, but this week, <laughs> not yeah. so much. It just depends on what's going on during the week, I think. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when it's a slow week or whatever, it's uh, just like, you know, it's as much of a creative process to come up with topics as it is to create them, you know, the, the it content. Is, it is. And, uh, you know, sometimes I go out and look for inspiration. And, yeah. uh, and that might be, you know, that might be just like search on something and see what kind of, of related topics come up um, oh, okay. or uh, scroll through. Like, um, I, I scroll through YouTube sometimes cause my channels, mm-hmm. uh, not my channel, but my feed is yeah. pretty, is relevant to my interests. And so there's a lot of things that come up there that, sure. uh, um, give me ideas 
but uh, other than that, it's it's what, what kind of what kind of stuff have I have I been working or doing uh, yeah, or, th- or thinking about during the week, which is what led me to the, today's topic. Right. Um, you and, know, I'm, and I kind of go, well, this is what I'm interested in talking about. But have we talked about this already? Did we cover this? And is this of interest to our to our listeners? Oh, I don't really care about that. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, if, I'm just. If it interests us, then it makes good conversation. That should be interesting <laughs> yeah. to somebody, right? That right. makes sense. Well, for so, me, this has been this this week. I've um, I've actually been productive. I've done some, you know, I've uh, done some client work. I've uh, done a couple of TikToks. I've kind of refigured out how to do that so that I can do that more regularly, which is good. Um, but I've also been back on my learning. Um, I've been watching some kind of online courses and I was kind of like, well, that's where I'm at. I'm in a, not a rebuilding phase, but just kind of like a revisiting the basics kind of thing. And yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm at this week. Yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes like gear can inspire you, you know? And, uh, um, I'm not going to get into it right now, but so a, a new piece of gear arrived and I might talk about that in a different episode or in my own channels or whatever. But, uh, and that got me thinking that, uh, that I've got some, you know, found myself being kind of excited to like get back in and, and, uh, and start doing some, some more serious practicing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, uh, uh, and I've, I've currently got a lot of resources online that I subscribe to, um, mm-hmm. some are paid. Yeah. Uh, um, and these are, um, uh, online learning for guitar, bass guitar and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and music, music theory in general and stuff like that. Um, and I got to thinking that I've had a lot of really great teachers along mm-hmm. the way too. And one of the things about studying online self-paced stuff, you know, with the, uh, the subscribe for, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, uh, training video type of thing. I was trying to think because I really like it because it's self-paced yeah. and I can kind of pick and choose what I'm interested in. Um, but there, there's an accountability that doesn't really exist there um, yeah. when uh, uh, that you have when you're working with a person, you know. Right. And and sometimes I uh, I admit I need that accountability. <laughs> you know? That kick in the butt. Yeah. yeah no, I, 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 I need to. I need that that fear of guilt uh, of no, I didn't do the work, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. to push me sometimes as well, you know, and that, that type of thing can uncomfortably move you through whatever you're stuck on, you know? So that's another mm-hmm. element that I think has a lot of value and it's really nice to work with another person sometimes, you know? Yeah. I agree. The downside is, is that, is that the face to face, um, it's quite a bit more expensive than, um, uh, you know, than your online uh, training sites or learning sites, you know. So, um, and uh, so there's like a, have to weigh the cost. So I kind of like to pepper it with uh, some online lessons. I, I like to pepper the online lessons with some occasional face-to-face lessons because the face-to-face ones, you can go, hey, I'm really interested in like looking at this really specific thing mm-hmm. that might be a deeper dive than what you get in your um, video training stuff. And uh, and I think that that's where, you know, the face-to-face really been, uh, is really more value. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to each. I mean, I I do a lot of online learning, to be honest, and there it's both paid and free. And so I totally agree with the uh, the accountability factor. I mean, it's the double-edged sword, right? You know, if you have a busy schedule, the online self-paced is great because you can fit it in when you when you need to. On the other hand, 
you know, very often that same kind of lack of urgency kind of makes you either like I have courses that I didn't even remember that I signed up for until we started talking about this <laughs> that I never finished and never went back to because, um, well, either I kind of like, well, that that's not where I'm at right now. That's not what I want to be learning right now. Or, you know, it just, uh, it became so non-urgent that it just kind of fell off the radar. Um, so there's, so there's that. So the lack of accountability is a thing, but the last time I took one-on-one stuff was, um, in-person singing lessons. And I, I did end up quitting that because I wasn't, I wasn't doing the homework. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to waste either one of our time I don't have, I haven't had time to work on the things that you've, you've given me to work on. And I keep coming in here and, and, um, going over the same stuff basically because I didn't progress. And so I'm like, you know, let's just, <laughs> let's revisit this when I have more time to dedicate to this. Cause it's not fair to either one of us. Yeah. The, um, you know, and I know that we, we have hit on this topic before, uh, but we haven't, uh, showcased this topic. Right. Um, cause I, I recall talking about, Guitar lessons, um, guitar lessons, and 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 some of the teachers. And uh, uh, one of, one of the cool things is is that you have access to uh, musicians or uh, taking lessons from in these you know online schools that that you probably you know may not ever have a really good chance of of getting a uh, a lesson in person. You know, well, that's a good point. And so uh, that's another really what I see as a benefit from there. I mean, uh, you know, of the the people that you can study under um access you have access to people that you wouldn't normally have access yeah to. yeah now one of the uh, one of the things i found is that most of them are offering uh one-on-one lessons mm-hmm. um through the online schools and so they're and i haven't done that you know um one's a little bit of an intimidation factor of uh you know do i really want to go try to take a lesson from a hero <laughs> right um where you know, it, <laughs> and my hero find out just how bad I am at this, <laughs> and I'll never be able to look at them the same way again. No, no. And, and, you know, you got to remember they're just other people. You know, um, yeah. No. But uh, but that my my own self always holds me up on that. You know, which isn't that always the case. Um, uh, you know that I'm always in my own way. But uh, but I do. I, I think I want to do that. But I always find that you know maybe I should like try to master their course first. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get to a certain level before. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. But there's always, it seems like there's something, it's usually um, technical aspects of the work that take the longest. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it, it's great. So yeah, I can, I can learn whatever. I can learn a riff or a groove or something like that. And, uh, and I got it, but man, I can't play it at speed, you yeah. know? And then it's months of working on that to get it up to speed, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, you know, to the point where it's under your fingers, you've developed the technique, you've got the muscle memory and, uh, you know, you're putting the left and right hand coordination together and it just, everything is, is, is working the way that you, that, that you want it to, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, I find that to be the hardest part. It's not hard to learn a groove, uh, slow and it's, you know, which is, I think is a really good thing to do. Um, but then, then building it up to speed and kind of like pushing it, I do these exercises where, uh, with the metronome and, uh, I have a cool metronome that, uh, like every, whatever bars I want to tell it to, 
um, it'll increase the uh, the BPM by oh, five, cool. you know. And so <laughs> uh, I'll start at low, and then I'll I'll go through. I'll, I'll set it up for the number of bars that the thing that I'm working on is, and then I'll go through it, and maybe you know. So every whatever n bars, uh, it increases up to what I'm trying to go for, sure. you know, and then finding what the limit is on there. So are you saying it's physically hard, or are you saying it's hard to? pace yourself because you know it's going to take a long time to get where you want to go. Uh, for me, it's been physically hard, hmm. which equates to it takes a long time. I see. And, you know, I don't know uh, why that is. My hand structure, um, just the way I'm hmm. built, you know, it wasn't uh, as much as I'd like to be a shredder. It, uh, um, <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's something there. There's an aspect of uh, a physical aspect that, uh, that I just continually work on. I've never gotten mm-hmm. to the point that I'd like to be, you know, love, love to be a, uh, a, a killer, uh, sweet player and, you know, and be <laughs> able to, to, to rip Gambali lines and, you know, and all that stuff, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but, you know, so I practice that and I, I, I do those things at my speed, but. Yeah. And that's interesting. So like, if you had a weekly lesson, you may not be able to, uh, to get through where you wanted to be in a week to come back and have your, your follow-up lesson, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it though is, is concept and, you know, and, and with the, the one-on-one lessons, obviously record those and can mm-hmm. continue to go back to them. You know, it's trying to preserve everything that you, that was offered to you during that face-to-face lesson that might be a little bit more difficult, uh, yeah. making sure you take good notes. And I, yeah, I took a, I had a composition book that I took every week to my, to my voice lessons, and I wrote down all the things yeah. that I had to work on. But isn't so, it hard sorry. to take notes while you're, you know, of course, uh, you know? So it's like someone's talking to you, and you're trying to, you know, and <laughs> it's it's. So I always try to not take notes while they're talking because I mm-hmm. end up missing more than I'm taking notes on, and um, and so I try to focus on them, and then if time, you know, is to is to then take notes and um, go back and review with them at the end of the lesson to see if I have missed anything or what the goals are for the next time and have like well, a 10 a minute block of here's what I'm taking with me this time type yeah. of discussion. Yeah. I, I think if you're able to record them and then you can review them and take notes from the recording, uh, that will less take you out of the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so things like that I think are, are good. Cause I, I get kind of uh, worried that I, what am I going to forget? Uh, yeah. during lessons, especially if they're not recorded. Um, and I've had many, 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 uh, just cause we're in person it's not mm-hmm. on video. Um, and I ended up with a, like a scratch sheet on, uh, <laughs> you know, on, uh, on a template of, of, uh, fretboard grids of different things, you know, and, uh, yeah. um, and taking it back and then trying to keep that in context of what the lesson was about and what am I trying to learn here? Okay. So now we're into, we're now we're into something that is an interesting discussion, which is how to best, uh, how to get the most out of your lesson. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think when you're in school, real school, that becomes a bit of a trial and error. What works for you? What doesn't, I don't even know what people do now. I know they're all sitting there with their laptops or their tablets and they're, are they typing notes? Are they browsing Instagram and pretending to listen? I don't know what people are doing now. I used to take a actual notebook and take handwritten notes and, (laughs) I didn't always write down the right things. <laughs> and sometimes I wrote down things that afterwards that I didn't know what they referred to. <laughs> they didn't make sense. But 
But I think that uh, an effective thing is to kind of like write down key concepts and uh, any like little nuggets of, of information and then go back and if you can, right after your course or class or, or meeting, review those notes and make additional notes to clarify things uh, and solidify them in your mind. I think that that's an effective technique. Yeah. Yeah. So learning to learn, basically. Learning to learn. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, which is a big thing. And, and uh, that's different for everybody. Everybody learns in a different way. Everybody, um, you know, recovers information in a different way from your, from your, whatever notes you took. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in college, it was, it was textbooks and, uh, and highlighters, you know, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, I would read through the entire text uh, highlighting what I thought was important as I would go. And yeah. then I would come back and I would, reread just my highlights um, mm -hmm. before tests and things like that, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, as related to the project that might be in, uh, uh, involved in that particular class and things. And, and that for me was a, a realization of this is a technique that I, that works for me and learning mm -hmm. to learn that I didn't have before. <coughs> and, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, it was just sort of a, a thing that I started doing. Yeah. That, that worked. And, uh, and then I started retaining more and my, my grades came up and, um, you know, and I started succeeding more in, mm -hmm. in college as a result of just following a learning technique, you know, which I, I always valued that a great deal and, and continue to do that type of thing. But well, that's a good question. Do you do that when you read, like, I don't know if you read business books or, or nonfiction books now to keep up your learning in certain areas? Do you do that with those books? Some people do. Um, I, well, I, I do most of my reading on Kindle, Kindle, hmm. and which allows me to highlight, right, and save highlights. And yes, so I do. Uh, okay, interesting. In that way, uh, I don't read much paper anymore. Um, <laughs> I but, read a lot of paper books, and I have my my father was a librarian, and um, <laughs> I have instilled in me from a very young age uh, not to deface books. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a very, I can't, I like, I physically cannot highlight in a book that uh, I care about and I cannot dog ear pages in a book that I care about. I, I will, however, um, take a pencil and lightly underline sections or occasionally make notes in the margin because I know that those can be erased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, hard. I came from the, uh, the school of thought that a, uh, a well-used battered book was mm -hmm. more valuable than, um, than one that uh, uh, was it's brand pristine. new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I feel like it's like a resale value thing, but I'll, I will tell you that if I buy a book and I buy a lot of used books, if I buy a book used and I start reading it and it's got like underlines and highlights, and this is an, a kind of an example of the, my, what I was saying about note taking, you don't always, you know, you don't always write down, write down what you think is a key concept in the moment, but it turns out later that that's not yeah. as important as something you missed. Well, I find it's it's fascinating when you buy a used book and somebody else has gone through it with a highlighter or written notes or underlined things. They're not always underlining the same things that you would underline if you were going through yeah. it. Yeah. And you're like, that's not a key concept. Or why does that, why is that important to you? That doesn't seem to be what they were talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and maybe not in the context of, of learning, but of, of interest. And let, let's say you, you're, you're, long past grandfather you've got a few books or something like that mm -hmm. and you and they were completely marked up and dog-eared and stuff like yep. that you know when you go into those you, it's not about necessarily what you're interested in 
it's it's discovering what they were interested in hmm. you know and and it may be nonfiction it may, you know it or fiction it you know it doesn't really matter you know it might be even more interesting if it was a fiction book you know to see the kind of things that that you know where they dog ear now as far as dog ears for me it was where i stopped reading for the night you know and picked up for the next day um i never mm-hmm. really dog eared to mark a page for any other purpose other than this is where you know it was kind of like a bookmark for me um yeah in study though the highlighter was was a, a major part of of that because then uh, my my intent during you know in that type of of reading and learning was was I wanted to read the whole thing once. I didn't want to read the whole thing twice. You know, I, I just wanted to read what I thought was important okay. the second time. And uh, it makes sense. You know, which basically went along with uh, um, either what I thought was important or what was indicated as important from the study notes. So if you take that kind of thing to your music learning, you know, from teachers, you know, mm-hmm. and I have folders of of lesson material from yeah. over, over the years, you know, you know, and trying to to. What was the sheet? What were we actually talking about? You know, or you know, or I have it in my head that I remember this lesson that I had, and I'm trying to find that specific notes. notes for that lesson and things. You know, and and I've got I've really got like a a binder of loose leaves. You know, um, right? That uh, is organized by it's it's organized by instructor, and yeah. then in the order that we were covering things. Yeah. Um, normally not well labeled uh, or, right. you know, and not a whole lot of, of notes. It's mostly, you know, notation and, and uh, uh, different charts and things like that. So, yeah, that's hard because once you put stuff into a folder and I, you know, I'm thinking about this is true of my computer too. Once you put stuff in a folder, you're not going to go back to it and revisit it very often because yeah. it's so it's closed off. It's, it's con- self-contained and it's put away. Yeah. You know what I mean? The stuff that I'm working on stays on my music stand. I don't put it away because it's it's the same thing as don't put your guitar in its case, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, uh, so, you know, keep your keep your instrument readily available and then keep the, the stuff that you're working on readily mm-hmm. available too, however you want to do that. And for yeah. me, it's, uh, it's the music stand right next to the guitar that's out, you know, and so I can just pick up and and uh, uh, work on the um, you know the stuff that uh, that that I was interested in working on or or uh, or had been and and some of that stuff's been on there for a year, man, you know, and yeah. you know I've got several pages of things that are on there. so yeah, a year's not that long. no, in the grand scheme. no <laughs> <laughs> well what's what's the saying we uh, we um, people tend to overestimate what they can get done in a year, but underestimate what they can get done in ten years. yeah. Oh, so God. what's your take on what's your take on in-person learning? I mean, in-person one-on-one versus I mean, as a, as a you know distilling it down. Well, one-on-one versus just kind of a course. Yeah, in 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 today's technology and what's available to us um, compared to then, which is decades ago. Um, mm-hmm. At the at that time, that you really only had in-person lessons. Sure. You I know, I, I traveled for lessons. Okay. You know, and to to go with specific people that might be up in, in my area, up in Chicago, or uh, you know, or whatever, and actually, you know, spent hours driving to go take lessons. Wow. And with the, the with the advent of technology, then we started being able to share some files and things like that. We didn't have mm-hmm. uh, really video, but I could go take a lesson, and then I could communicate uh, with that person um, via email, and actually, you know, as opposed yeah. to, as opposed to phone, and uh, and actually uh, share ideas and notes and things like that, you know, uh, 
you know, on some type of PDF or whatever, and that helped. And then now today we've got all that plus the online, and I think it all works together. Yeah. Um, for me, it's about an 80-20 mix, I, I, I fo- and that's kind of budget-oriented as well because it's much more affordable mm-hmm. to take online lessons through a like a, a site, online course. learning school, uh, yeah. you know, courses. And then there's online lessons directly with instructors, which is uh, pretty much replaced going to someone's, you know, sure. uh, yeah. uh, basement and practicing with them or whatever, you know, and learning or going down to the music sh- store, which I used to do a lot and uh, taking lessons from, from cats that, uh, that worked in the, uh, in the music store, you know, so they were either, yeah, yeah. they were either teaching and when they weren't teaching, they were selling instruments and stuff out front, you know? So, yeah, um, I imagine they still do that. That's where my oh, yeah. kids took lessons oh, yeah. and that's where I took voice lessons was at the music store. So my take is, is, a uh, kind of a mix of things, um, because the experiences are different and it's, it's fun. Um, if you find someone that you really like that, uh, you, sometimes you can reproach someone and go, Hey, would you want to be interested to give me a lesson? Or like, oh, no way. You know, uh, I don't teach. You know, and um, but uh, so it's not necessarily always trying to find someone who's advertising themselves as a teacher. Sometimes you can you can approach people that maybe heard them play out or something like that. And and you happen to know them, you know, more than just being in a a dark corner of a club where they were playing, you know. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, to the point where you can approach them and and go, I really liked what you're doing tonight. I'd like to learn more about it. What? What, you know, would you be interested in in te- giving me a, a one hour lesson? You know, and actually approaching somebody for that. So, and I, I don't know how often people do that anymore, but we used to do that all I the don't time. Know either. Uh, I've, I mean, I've never done that, but I can see doing that. I I do think that more people, and this is a perception thing, over the last couple of years, as touring kind of dried up and income streams kind of dried up, and people stopped buying CDs and all that stuff, that more people than ever are offering online one-on-one lessons than I've ever seen. Yeah. Partly because it's easier and partly because, you know, people are looking for alternate income streams uh, as musicians. That, you know, and that, that's not just, lim- not just limited to uh, um, semi-pro. The uh, I've seen a lot of professional, like, high-level yeah. musicians yeah, yeah. who are, you know, one-on-one Skype is on their website, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, so, so, and that's over the, you know, a lot more over the last couple of years where they've really... Uh, said, you know, we're going to supplement income through teaching. And, yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Um, you know, and I, I see that a lot. So I think the opportunities to learn from your heroes are, are a lot greater now than they used to be. I agree. I also do think that you want to be at a level because you're not going to go to Tim Pierce to learn your cowboy chords. You know, you're going to want to yeah. go to somebody at a certain level for <laughs> more advanced techniques and refinement. Yeah. You know, and at the rate, you know, you kind of want to maximize that. So um, sure. Yeah, so, so uh, put a dollar yeah. put a dollar value on your skill level, and and then take that and figure out who who's teaching within that dollar value. You know, so right. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to say that one on one stuff beyond making sure that it's at your level. Um, know that the the benefit is that it's personalized. It's going to be tailored to what you want to learn, and it's going to be accountable. But um, the flip side is that it's probably going to take longer. And it's probably going to be um, something that you have to schedule, carve out time and, and make time for uh, on a regular basis because it's not going to it's not going to work around your schedule as much as. Yeah, it's, know, and it's, it's definitely going to be more expensive, but that's because you're, you're paying someone for that individualized learning yep. experience, you know, yeah. and that in and of itself has that extra value. Yeah, yeah. 
I, get, I mean, I don't know if I answered your question or not, though. But no, eight, I think so. I mean, eight, it was just more of a general somewhere question. Somewhere in there, I, I, you it was know, more of a general question. But yeah, then there's then there's the schools, you know, like the one that that what's the name of the one that you're that you're using? Uh, I like True Fire. True Fire, right? We're not sponsored, but yeah, that's no. what I, that's what I like. And um, what's the one that I was I'm signed up with? Guitar Zoom that I completely forgot I was signed up with it. Um, and the, the cool thing about sites like that is that they they are broad and, and even, and you can dial down to certain lessons, learning your blues chords, learning, uh, you know, bar chords, learning um, how to write riffs, learning how to solo. You can, you can drill down within these kind of, um, comprehensive sites to the things that you specifically want to learn and be self-paced about it. But again, you have to be self-starting. You have to hold yourself accountable for the practice and the learning. And I mean, it's, it's. It it can be hard when you see everybody doing stuff online in their videos and everybody seems to be, you know, the whole online community is often about the highlight reel and not about the climbing the mountain. And so there's a there's kind of like this almost built in feeling of you want to jump to the finish line. And that's not something that happens with guitar practice or singing practice or any practice. I mean, it takes time and it takes regular dedication and it's and and you do kind of have to learn how to learn as you go and go, okay, highlighting a book works for me or, you know, daily practice at 10 a.m. works for me or however you learn is something that you have to figure out and implement. So what's one specific thing you're going to work on this week? One specific thing that I'm going to work on this week, um, I am in the middle of a vocal course and I'm going to see if I can get to the next level of the course this week. I try to level up every couple of weeks. Okay, nice. What about you? Uh, I got this book that I got a couple of years ago that I uh, I got into. I don't remember exactly how many um, sections there are on it. It's probably approximately 50. And I've made it up to like 30 hmm. and then stopped and then started again and made it back up to 30, you know. And uh, and this week I'm going to start again. It's on um, uh, sweet picking arpeggios. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to uh, uh, start again and see if I can get further. So that's what I'll do cool. this week. <laughs> when you say start again, do you mean at the beginning? Yes. I always, I've been going back and, okay. and then reworking it because it's like, I work on it for a while and then I leave it and I go on and I, I like work on something else or whatever. And when I come back, it's like, you know, if I tried to start at 30 again, I don't, yeah. I don't have it still. Right. It goes away. Right. So, you know, that's one of the frustrating things uh, for some things the, that are technique related that mm-hmm. if you if you don't it's not you got to make it part of your plane and if it's not really part right. of your plane then then it just sort of fades away you know it what does. i mean yeah um, i do and I do. Uh, and i haven't really been able to figure out how to incorporate these techniques into my plane and i want to i think they're cool i'd like to be able to and i think that it has to do you know maybe i could uh, uh play some some uh some sweep arpeggios through chord changes and so i i need that's another thing that i want to do with this is to actually figure out a way to make it musical um that, so i think that's okay. what's lacking from from that training a lot of it is etudes and things like that and which are mm-hmm. cool and i think i want to do more etudes because those make practice musical and, oh, okay. and then uh, those always, uh, for me relate to new ideas on, on new, on, you know, on writing new music myself. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like to, I like to do those cause it's, it's fun to take an etude and then change it up, make it your own change, you know, whatever, and, uh, come up with a, a, a new melody, mm-hmm. you know, for the changes in the etude or something like that and, and, and kind of make something new from it. Yeah. I think that's important that you go back to one, 
um, because all of this stuff builds on a foundation, and the foundation of any learning can uh, can crumble. And you you have you're never too old to revisit the basics, and I think the basics are important yeah. to revisit. It doesn't take too long to get through. No, the first ten, you know. I mean, I, I, I sit down for an, an a good solid hour practice if I'm focused and and make it through the first ten sections, no problem, you know. And at that point, my fingers will be getting warmed up again. And after a couple of days of working through that, then you know I'll kind of be back, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. in it. But yeah, and then working through the uh, the rest of the stuff. But the lines get longer, and the uh, and the BPM gets faster, and you know, <laughs> and like that. Section 30 for me, it's kind of hitting a wall on those. So maybe what I'll do is, you know, uh, is slow it down, is slow down and, uh, and not try, you know, make it applicable to me and do what I can, you know, and hopefully I can just progress through that then. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listeners, what are you guys doing? Yeah. What are you learning and where are you learning it? And, yeah. uh, what, what did you learn about learning? <laughs> How do you learn? What what techniques work for you in in reinforcing your learning? Curious to have that conversation. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Yes. Appreciate you all. Appreciate your comments and your likes. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us once again on <laughs> Saturday morning all or right. whenever. Have a great week. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs>